go with, go to, you can go ahead and open up to 1 Corinthians 15. Mr. Cleavon will share the word today. Good morning, uh, church. How's everybody doing? All right, is everybody at 1 Corinthians 15 already? Yes, well, I'm not there yet, so. <laughs> the preacher got to get there, right? All right. Okay, let's go to, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father, we just, uh, we thank you, Lord, for this time together, Father. Uh, we just honor you. Give you the glory, Father. I just thank you for this time and just allowing me to deliver your word, oh God. I just pray uh, all of you and none of me, Father, and let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, oh God. Um, I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So thank you to PD. We got a title for today. It's called The Great Victory. I don't know. I struggled with the title for this message while I was preparing for it. I had like four different titles, but I felt like none of them worked. And then Petey, and Petey had, uh, by the grace of God, I guess he uh, had a perfect title this morning. So we entitled this The Great Victory um, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. All right, so today, um, we gather here today. Um, yeah, day before Memorial Day, tomorrow we all have, most of us have off. I don't know if everybody has off, but I, I have off. So we're all going to go to cookouts. We're going to go to barbecues. We're going to do multiple things. Um, but it's a day as a nation where we, are, where we remember people that gave their lives for this country um, in war, in military, um, people that are no longer with us. Uh, it's a day we remember them, we remember their lives, and remember... Um, you know, what they, what they have done for our country. Um, and also, you know, most of us, we all face this issue of, um, of death, where we have, where we lose, we have people that are no longer with us. We have loved ones, we have family members, friends um, that are no longer with us. We have, um, also we all inevitably are no longer gonna be here one day. We're all faced with the fact, uh, can you lower the first one down? Um, we're all faced with the fact that we are going to one day meet our demise and meet our death. Amen? Um, <laughs> so here we, Paul is addressing, uh, we're faced with the same fact in Paul's, um, in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. Um, Paul kind of takes a, a slight turn in his, uh, in his letter. Um, the last time we were in 1 Corinthians, P.D. was talking about, uh, P.D. delivered about tongues and prophecy and spiritual gifts. So here Paul kind of takes a, a turn into, um, in his letter, and he, he's talking about more doctrinal issues, and the doctrinal issue that he's addressing here is the resurrection of believers, uh, first the resurrection of Christ, and secondly the resurrection of believers, amen? Um, so the doctrine of the physical resurrection of Jesus and the bodily resurrection of believers so in short, he's describing what happens when we die. It's a great mystery um, that we all have to face that question in our lifetime. Amen? So let's first, before we go into 1 Corinthians, let's jump to uh, John chapter 5. 
You can hold your place in 1 Corinthians and we'll come right back. So I kind of want to paint the picture a little bit first, though. Um, so in this first, Cor in the Corinthian church, it started to spread the, they started to spread disbelief of the doctrine of, um, or not the doctrine, well, the doctrine, the disbelief of the bodily resurrection of believers. Um, it started to spread among them. Um, it was widely understood, it was widely, it was widely accepted, the physical resurrect, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was widely accepted, but disbelief started spreading among the church of the bodily resurrection of believers and what happens to us when we die. So this is John, John chapter 5, verse 25, and this is Jesus talking. Um, verse 25 to 29, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and it is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so, it has, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he, has, and he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming, when all who are in, are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. So here this is a, even, so Jesus is talking about the resurrection, um, you know, of believers in the, after we perish and after we're gone from this world. Amen? So that is the, the topic that they're debating um, among the Corinthian church. Amen. So let's start with verse one. Um, let's start with verse one in chapter 15. Everybody there? So it says, now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you have received in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in according with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures. And we can stop there for um, a little bit. Um, so, so Paul is reminding them of what they believe and what we also believe as Christians. Um, and what we are, the essential, the gospel message, as we see in verse 3 and 4, I'll read it again. For I deliver to you as of first importance, the most important thing that we believe as Christians and the most important message in the world are, are summarized in these two verses. And it says that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Amen. So we see here that the resurrection is a part and is an essential part of this gospel message that we preach. It's not separate from, it's not that the, the death of Christ is what we all, you know, are happy for, or the life of Christ is what we, what we are um, grateful for. But we also, we're also grateful for the resurrection of Christ, Amen. Because this is a part of the message, and this is the part of the gospel, um, Amen. So Christ's resurrection gave hope to believers about the future, but they were questioning. Um, let, me, wait, let me not get ahead of myself. Um, so let. Let's just jump back to verse 1. So Paul is reminding the believers in Corinthians of this important message that we are to believe in. Unless, we, unless you did not believe it originally, as he says in verse 2 at the end of it, unless you believed in vain, this is what 
we are believing Christ. And this is our, this is the salvation message here. Amen? Um, and it says, and in verse 1, it says, in, I'll, I'll read it again. Now I will remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you receive and which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So this is the word that we are to stand on, that Christ died for our sins and that he was also raised on the third day. Amen? Um, we are... We were created by a holy God. We were created by a holy, perfect God, and eventually we've all sinned. Well, at least I know I have. <laughs> and we've all we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And because of God just because of God's justice, He we deserve death. And as in and Ryan just read in Romans chapter one that the wrath of God is revealed among revealed against. All unrighteousness. And so, 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 it was, <laughs> so it, the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness. So all unrighteousness are doomed to pay the penalty of our sin. And the penalty of our sin, the wages of our sin is death. Um, but here in verse 3 it says, For I deliver to you as first importance that Christ died for our sins in accordance to the scriptures. So here the first important is that Christ died for our sins. Um, so Christ's death paid the penalty for our sins. Christ, God poured the wrath of Christ, the wrath of, God poured his wrath out on his son Christ. He sent his son to live a perfect life, and he poured his wrath out on him um, that was due to us. Um, and, but the, and, in, and in the fourth chapter, verse 4, it says that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Um, and so the resurrection gives us hope. The resurrection, he was raised for our justification, as it says in, in John chapter, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, John, not John. Uh, sorry, what's the scripture? In Romans chapter 4, that he was raised for our, our justification. So the, I'm sorry, let's continue. Let's, let's continue. I don't want to, I'm, I keep trying to get ahead of myself, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that yet. Um, okay, so so here, this, this is what the essential message that the Christians in Corinthians believe, that they believe this gospel message, that Christ died for our sin, and that he was raised, um, and he, that he was raised, that he was buried, and he was raised. So this is the message that we all believe as Christians. And for the most part, unless you believed in vain, unless you didn't really believe, unless you just came to the altar just because everybody else did, as I once did, but unless you just did that for face value, this is what you believe as a believer. And so Paul is here reminding them of what they believe. So the issue here, most of the, most of the Corinthians church believed, okay, Christ can raise from the dead. He gives me hope for the future. I believe I'm saved. Um, I believe I'm saved because of Christ's death and his resurrection. But what does that got to do with me? Amen? So Paul can continue, and we'll, and we'll get there in a second. Um, and we'll get there in a second. Um, so Paul is not suggesting that we're no that we are in danger of losing our salvation, but denial of any part of it, particularly the resurrection in, in, this, in, this, in these verses, particularly the resurrections, a major aspect of the gospel message they had heard might indicate that some of them had not really believed the gospel. If you don't believe in the resurrection of Christ, then you, don't, then you forsake the rest of the gospel. You forsake the rest of his life and, his, and the rest of um, the gospel message. Amen. Um, 
Okay, so what made Christ, what made Christ's death significant? People die every day, you know? Um, people die every day. As we see, as we see tomorrow, mil millions of people have given their lives in war, um, and they've done, a, you know, what our nation would consider a great thing by giving their lives for our country. Um, but what makes Christ's death much more significant? Um, as it says in verse 3, that he died for our sins. How can he justify that claim, that he died for our sins? Anybody can say, I, I died for your sins. But what, what assures us and what confirms that Christ's death was legitimate and what Christ spoke about was legitimate is the resurrection. Um, anybody can die. Anybody can say, I died for your sins. But not everybody can raise from the dead in two days, in three days. And nobody could come back and say, yeah, I died for your sins three days ago. If you did that, then take their, take their, their claims a little more serious. Um, so the resurrection is proof that Christ died for our sins. Um, that Christ, the resurrection proclaims salvation and proclaims um, and assures us that we are justified of our sins. That the wrath of God was exhausted through the death of Christ that the wrath of God is finished, that we, as long as we believe and we repent in Christ and we trust in Christ, that the wrath of God was, that is not due to us anymore. Amen? Um, many people do not believe in the literal bodily um, resurrection of Christ. Others believe that it doesn't really matter. Um, but Paul clearly shows here that is a part of the good news that has saved us and is continuing to save, transform us, and keep us. Amen? So we can't separate the, we can't separate the resurrection of Christ from the gospel message. We can't say, oh yeah, I believe in the death of Christ. I believe in God for forgiveness and believe God for um, miracles and blessings. But we, as a believer, we can't deny the bodily resurrection of Christ. Amen? Like, that's a part of the gospel message, the essential part of the gospel message. Um, I, I mentioned Romans 4, but let's, let's jump there. Uh, let's jump to Romans chapter 4, verse 24. Daddy. You got to say amen. Okay. Uh, and it says... Let's, read, let's start from uh, verse 23. But, it, but the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Amen? Amen. So you see that he was raised for our justification and that, that's how, that his resurrection proclaims our salvation. Amen? Um, so the, the, the fact, so the, this, this proves that the deity of Christ, this proves that everything that Jesus says was the truth, um, that he didn't make up stuff about him being the son of God, but proof was in the pudding that he raised from the dead, and that if, if I told you, if I told you that I saw somebody raised from the dead yesterday, you should be very skeptical 
at that. You should be like, nah, Cleve, that's not true. <laughs> you should say, nah, that's not true. Um, but if I told you, um, if I told you your mother told your mother was with me, and if I told you your father was with me, and I and I told you people, 500 people was with me, and they all saw it, then you should take my claims a little more seriously. So that's what Paul continue here, continues to do here in verse five, and it says, and he and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to also me. So here Paul is giving proof of, he's giving eyewitnesses of of Christ's resurrection. To say, okay, I'm not just speaking out of my mind, I'm not just speaking out of a vision or out of a, a dream that I had, but I'm speaking out of the historical evidence and the eyewitnesses that that they saw Christ claims, and they saw Christ resurrected from the dead. They saw him buried, and they also saw him raised. Amen? Um, so Christianity is very historical. Um, it's, 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 it's a historical religion where, where we believe everything is based on eyewitnesses. Everything is based on, um, somebody, on, a, on a, a first-person account. Um, so this is very important to show us that Christ's resurrection wasn't something fictitious. It's to prove us, it's to give us proof that his resurrection was true. Amen? So he even, so he goes, he goes on to say, um, <clears throat> where are we? Verse, verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles and worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me is was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it, would, it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. So here, Paul is even saying, he has a first account um, experience with, with Christ on, on the road to Damascus, as we all know, um, as we should know, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, we all had this, Paul is saying, I had a first-person account. I've seen, the, I've witnessed the, the resurrected Christ. Um, I'm not just speaking out of my mind, but I'm speaking from my first-person account that I've witnessed the, the, the resurrected Christ, and you should believe as well. Um, and in verse, verse 11, he says, okay, whether it was them, whether it was Paul, whether it was the 12, whether it was one of the 500 that told you Christ was raised, we preached it, and you believe to hope. And so he goes back, to, so he kind of ties it in with verse 1 which says hold firm and stand firm on what you believe. Um, so he's giving them evidence. He's telling them that the, that the resurrected Christ is proof of our salvation and that we should hold firm to that fact. Amen? And so in verse 11, he says, whether it was them or I, you preached, and so you believe. So this gospel message and this resurrected Christ has an impact on our lives. It's not just to say, Okay, we believe in the Christ, but how does that affect our lives? How does that affect what we think about our lives, what we think, what we do on a daily basis? How does that affect us? Um, and also, it brings us back to the point of, so he, he, he's assuring them of the resurrected Christ. So what does that have to do with the bodily resurrection of believers? How does that, you know, impact our, the way we think about the bodily resurrection of believers? 
Okay, so let's jump down to verse 12. So it reads, Now if Christ is proclaimed and raised from the dead, how, come some of, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But, there is, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. So he's saying that if you don't believe in the resurrection power, if you don't believe that people can be, if you don't believe in the bio resurrection, then how can you believe in, how can you believe in the resurrected Christ? If we can't, if Christ can't raise us, if God can't raise us from the dead, how can he raise Christ from the dead? If we can't believe that, then how can we believe that Christ is raised from the dead? Um, so he goes, he goes on to say that what, if we can't believe, if we can't believe that Christ can raise, that God can raise us from the dead, then we can't believe that God can raise Christ from the dead. And so what happens if the dead is not truly raised? It's a, it's a, Paul's going to lay out some, Paul's going to lay out some things, some, some penalties or some, um, um, some repercussions of, if you believe that the dead cannot be raised, Paul's going to lay out some repercussions. So let's, let's go through those. Uh, verse 13, he says, but if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If Christ have hope, and if we have hope in his life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. So he lays out some, some things to say. If Christ is not raised, if there's no resurrection, then Christ is not raised. So if we don't believe in the resurrection, then we can't believe that Christ is raised. And if Christ isn't raised, then everything we do is in vain. The reason we're here is in vain. The reason this whole, this whole Bible is in vain, was written for no reason. We spend, you know, um, millions of people have, or hundreds of people have taken time to translate the scriptures. We come to church, we worship, we practice music on Tuesdays, we do all these things. If we do all these things and the resurrection is not true, then Christ isn't true, and if Christ isn't true, all that is for no reason. Um, and it says your faith, and then he goes on to say your faith is in vain. What we believe, even if we, we, can, we can't believe that we are saved from our sins and don't believe in the, in the resurrection, because then our faith is in vain, because we, we have no proof for our faith. Um, the apostles and others who testified by Jesus are misrepresent, misrepresenting God, and they are liars. Um, dead believers are, are lost. Everybody that we, our family members and friends that have passed away, they are, they are lost, and we are to be pitied. Amen? And then, so let's jump down, let's skip a couple verses, and let's go to verse 29. And then we'll get, we'll get back to verse 20. Um, otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are, all, why are people baptized on their behalf? Why are, we danger, why are we in danger every hour? Uh, yeah, so here, verse 29, is talk, Paul is referring to them. Um, they were baptizing on behalf of the dead. Um, 
and these, the Corinthians, some of them were baptizing on behalf of the dead. Not really sure exactly. Um, there's been a couple of debates I've been reading about. Um, I think mostly, oh, I wrote it down here. Okay, so it echoes the same concept. The verse probably refers to proxy baptism, the custom of undergoing baptism for someone who died before he or she could experience baptism. Perhaps the Corinthians were practicing baptism for the dead, for people who became Christians either on their deathbed or under or under other conditions that made it difficult or impossible for them to undergo baptism in water. So he's talking about a custom that they were doing. Um, I don't, this custom is not found anywhere else in scripture. I don't see anything else that would suggest that we should baptize for dead. Um, but he's referring to, to their practice of, of doing this. But, so, but it echoes the same concept that he was talking about before that the concept that you're doing of baptizing the dead people or baptizing or even being baptized, all of that is for, for no reason if Christ is not raised from the dead. And if, if we're not going to be raised from the dead, if we can't be raised from the dead, then Christ can't be raised from the dead. And if Christ can't be raised from the dead, then why are we baptizing anyway? Um, it echoes the same concept that, um, that, our, that their practices were contrary to their disbelief in the resurrection. And then he goes on to say, why are we in danger every hour? I protest, I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ, Lord our Jesus, I die every day. He says with an exclamation point, I die every day. Um, so this jumps back to verse 19. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are, we have, are of all people to most, be most pitied. Um, so if Christ is not, what do we think of when we think about a, about a pitiful person. A pitiful person is somebody that has no hope, somebody that is just down and out. You're just pitiful. You just, everything you see about life is, is um, negative. Um, you just have no hope in life. So Paul is making this, this, great, this great proclaim that we are to be most pitied um, for how we live, how we work, how we raise our kids, for our commitments to churches, our time consuming practices, our respect for the Bible, all of this are doing for no reason. You know, um, as Christians, we are, you know, we commit our lives to, we, to be different from the world. We don't, we abstain from um, certain types of music. Uh, we, you know, people, we go, we go into our late 20s, you know, without, you know, fornicating and things. Uh, amen. Um, <laughs> some, some go even longer. We do a lot of great, we do a lot of things to, for Christ and to say, to be separate from the world. But if all of that, if, the, if we're not raised and if Christ is not raised, then all of that is pitiful and we're wasting our time. You know, we could be having a great time, but we are um, sitting here. We are in church every Sunday. We're not going to brunch in New York City. Uh, we're not doing all, you know, we're not doing all that. So we should be pitied because we have, we have no hope. We're doing this all for no reason. Um, so we should be the most pitiful. We're, if Christ is not raised, then we, should, we are the most pitiful people in the world because we're doing a bunch of nothing. We're wasting our time. Amen? Um, we wrestle what seems to be our natural, desi natural desires. Um, people are fighting what, what, you know, their natural inclinations. Um, we have even Christians, you know, that are, have homosexual desires, and they're fighting that. They're going through that. 
that struggle every day um, to fight to not to sin. But if Christ is not raised from the dead, then all of that is for nothing. You know, they're wasting their time. And they, they are to be the most pitiful people in the world because they have no hope. Amen? Um, but Paul here is he's leaning his whole life to the fact that the gospel is true. Um, he's giving his whole life, as we just read in verse um, 31, I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die every day. Um, saying that he, 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 he dies every day, he puts himself to the back because he's relying on the, the fact that the gospel is true every day. He's living his life like the gospel is true. Um, based on the proof that he laid out for us in, in, in verse 1 through 11, that the gospel is true, that the resurrection is true, that Christ is true. He, he is who he says he is. Amen? Amen. Christ's resurrection, um, am I good? Yeah. Christ's resurrection is the preview to our resurrection as believers. Um, we all, we've all died in Adam. We all died in Adam. Now all those who repented and believe in Christ have been made alive through the resurrection. Uh, verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man, for as by a man came death, but by, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom of God, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority of power. So here in verse 20 it says, But the fact is, has been but in fact Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So Christ was the Christ was the the resurrection, the first resurrection, um, the preview to the last resurrection, to where we all are raised and we all are ascending to, into, to be with God, to be with the Holy God as believers. Um, so Christ is the first fruit, just like our, um, it's like we pay our, our tithes or we give our tithes, our 10%. Um, the, the first part, the first portion of that, like, the, like they did in the Old Testament, Christ was the first portion of the rest to come. So he was the preview of that. Amen. So the resurrection also gives us hope that one day everything we've been, be, will be made right and under subjection to a true God. Amen? Amen. Um, verse, where am I? Verse 23. But each, verse 22. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in, in subjection, it is plain that he is expect, accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will, be, will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. So the resurrection here proves to us 
that, and is and is, is a is a glimpse of what is to come when we all as believers, um, and even I don't want to skip this part because I think it's a it's a great part. Um, in verse twenty three, but each in his own order, Christ the first fruit. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. So those who belong to Christ, who've put their trust and their faith and their hope in Christ um, for salvation, one day we all will be raised um, from the dead. One day we all will be raised in our heavenly bodies, um, and we and all things will be made right, um, and God will be all in all. So God will be have rule over all one day. Amen. Um, so that's what. The, so that's the hope that the resurrection gives gives us that. One day everything will be made right, everything will be on subjection to God, and that we all will be um, with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so verse 32. Verse 32. So what, so what do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts, with beasts at Ephesus if the dead are not raised? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Do not, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as it is right. As is right, and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. I say this is your shame. And so, if Christ is raised, why are we here? Why are we not somewhere else? Amen. All of this is meaningless. All of this is meaningless. All of this worship music that we sing this morning, God, God is greater, all that things is meaningless to us. You know, we should eat, drink, do whatever we feel like doing, do whatever, whatever our hearts desires if the dead are not being raised. If we have no hope for us being raised um, and, and, being, and being in heaven with God, then all of this is for nothing. Um, but what if this... What if this is actually true? What if we actually are going to be raised? What if we, Christ was actually raised? And what if we one day will be raised, will be raised, and be in heaven with God? And, and he shows us in, in verse thirty-four: Wake up from your drunken stupor, as it is right, and do not go on sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I say this is your shame. So, if this is true, if Christ is raised, and if we are going to be raised, then we need time to wake up, and it would be time to change our lives based on the fact on these facts um and in verse 33 he says do not be deceived bad company ruins good morals um pretty much saying watch who uh, surround yourself with people who are have the same like mind that as we are today we surrounded ourselves with people that believe in the resurrection and that will affirm our faith in the resurrection um so that's what paul is saying so if if the resurrection is true, surround yourself, surround yourself with other people that believe it's true. Don't surround yourself with people that's going to um, take away from your faith or, or um, discourage your faith in the resurrection and in Christ. But surround yourself with people that are going to encourage that or are going to push you um, and going to push your faith in Christ. Um, <clears throat> the resurrection does not just affect our doctrine or what we believe, but it affects our lives. It affects the way we live. Um, we are, we, because the gospel is true, because the resurrection is true, we don't go on sinning. We don't, we don't, we, we abstain from the things that I talked about before. We abstain from looking like the world. We abstain 
from uh, offending God because the resurrection is true. Because we have this hope, we abstain from these things. And we do not go on sinning. Um, and we are, you know, we live for God. So it doesn't affect, uh, just affect the way we think about things, but affect the, the way we live our lives. Amen? Okay. So let's jump down to the next part. Verse 35. So verse 35, it says, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body do they come? Have you guys think about, thought about that? <laughs> I know I thought about that. Like, what do you mean? How, how am I going to be raised from the dead? Um, during this time, during this ancient time, it was, it was, it was not accept, it, it was, the Christianity was in, a, in and, it, and it's, it, still, it still goes on today. Christianity is one of the few religions that believes in resurrection. I'll, we probably, I can't think of another religion that believes in resurrection. But I'm pretty sure there's a couple others. But it wasn't a popular belief. Um, it wasn't, during this ancient time, they, be, it was, they believed more in reincarnation, that if you die, you come back as something else. You might come back as, an, as you know, a, a horse or something. Um, but the, the fact that the dead being raised, it was very confusing to them. And I, I have proof. If we go to Acts chapter 7, 17, I'm sorry. Okay, Acts chapter 17, everybody, everybody there? Okay, uh, let's, read, let's read from verse 29. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and the imagination of man. The time of ignorance, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Because he has fixed a day on which he would judge the world in righteousness by a man who he, who he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now when they heard about, of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, we will hear you again about this. Um, so here, even these people, it was, it was weird for them. Like, how can you be raised from the dead? It, it, it didn't really make more sense. I guess... They more, they more so thought of the resurrection um, like we would think of, I guess, because they think of like, the bodies, the bodies rotted away, there's maggots and rodents eating the body, how can, why would we even want the body to be resurrected? It was not even also weird, it was disgusting. Like, it, like I'll picture The Walking Dead, I don't know if anybody watched The Walking Dead, but if you picture, that's, that's what came to their, that's probably what came to their minds, you know, why would I want a zombie to be raised from the dead. Why would I want to be raised a zombie? Um, and it was, it was also disgusting and it was unnecessary. Like, it wasn't, what was the point? What's the point of being raised from the dead? That doesn't make any sense. It's not necessary and it's also disgusting. But Paul kind of, but Paul goes against them in verse 36. He says, you foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel perhaps of wheat or some other grain, but God gives it a body as he has chosen and to each kind of, of seed its 
of each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there's one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. So Paul's saying, you foolish person, we're not talking, <laughs> we're not talking about coming back as a zombie or coming back as um, a walking dead. We're talking, um, and we'll get there in a second, but we're not talking about coming back as, as a zombie because your body, once it goes to the ground, it disintegrates, um, it disintegrates, it becomes fertilizer, somebody digs up the ground, plants it somewhere else, it become, they plant wheat in it and then wheat grows up. That, I, can't, I guess that's what he's kind of talking about in, uh, in the latter part of verse 37. So what you sow is not the body to be, but a bare kernel perhaps of wheat or some other grain. Um, I believe he's talking about like, okay, your body disintegrates eventually and somebody's going to plant wheat on it and then you become an apple tree or something later on in your life. Uh, but that, but that's your, not, you don't become an apple tree, but your body becomes fertilizer for this apple tree. So we're not talking about coming back as a body, as a, a zombie, um, but, but, but God gives us, in verse 38, but God gives, his, gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. Um, So in verse 37 through 41, he describes a whole, a whole bunch of different kinds of, and whole different kinds of bodies. So verse 39, he says, for not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. But there's also, there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the, God, the glory of heaven, the glory of the heavenly is one is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is, one, there is one glory in the sun, and another glory in the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from stars in glory. So Paul's saying, okay, we're not talking about an earthly, your earthly physical body coming back from the dead, but we're talking about a heavenly body. Um, God's going to, we have a heavenly body and an earthly body. When this body's going to pass away, um, obviously, this body is not. Um, I don't know if you want your body back. I, know my, I just hurt my wrist the other day. I don't want that. I don't, if I die, I don't want that. that this bad wrist back again. Um, so I know there's a, there's a heavenly body. There's an earthly body. This body was made for the earth, and one day when we pass away, we'll have a heavenly body that was made for heaven. Amen. Um, so he describes many different kind of bodies. Fish have bodies. Other animals have bodies. We also have an earthly body, and um, there's a heavenly body. Um, so it is, verse 42, so it is with the resurrection of the dead, what is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, okay, so he showed us that we have a natural body, one day we'll be raised a spiritual body. Um, okay, so then let's continue going. And he, he gives us a perfect example of the spiritual body and the natural body. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it's not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. 
The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven, as was the man of dust. So also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. So here we're showing that the, the body resurrection of Christians, um, those who put their faith in Christ, is for real. That one day when we pass away, we're going to not look like our forefather, Adam, being born of the dirt. We are going to resemble um, Christ, our our spiritual bodies, um, the man who is born from heaven or who is from heaven. Amen? Um, so we're, that's our hope, that as believers, we're all going to be raised as in the, um, we're going to be caught up to meet him. <laughs> I don't know why I called it. Why, why I, I singled out that song, but um, we're going to be raised as spiritual bodies, and we're not going to have these natural ailments. We're not going to be, have these um, things that we deal with in our, physical, in our natural physical forms, but we're going to have these spiritual bodies. Let's continue going. Verse 50. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and, blood, flesh and blood, blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must be put on, for this perishable body must be, must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? So here we are, this is our great hope as believers that one day we're going to be away from the chaos of this world. We're going to be away from the chaos of this that comes with this natural body, the headaches, the migraines, the heartaches, even losing family members, the, the sadness, sicknesses, um, diseases, all these things that comes with our natural body. Um, but because Christ has raised, we also will be raised one day in our spiritual body. And that's our great hope. That's the great victory that we all would, that Christ will conquer death and our bodies would no longer be subject to the penalty of sin, which is death. Um, but not, not our physical bodies, but our, our spiritual bodies will not be penalty um, of death. Because right? it says, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the Lord. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have victory because Christ is raised from the dead, because he's paid for our sins. We have eventual victory that will be all be raised in our spiritual bodies. Amen. Um, so that's pretty much it. Uh, let's have a couple of applications for you guys. Uh, first application is just two applications. So the first application is to believe in the resurrection. If you're not um, if you're not a Christian, if you're not fully trusted in Christ, I implore you to believe in the work of Christ, believe in him, give, put your trust in him for 
salvation, believe in his, his death, his burial, and his resurrection that is able to save your soul and able to save you from the wrath of God that is to come. And also believe in the, in the resurrection of, of, of Christians, that one day, that gives us hope that one day we'll be resurrected, um, and that we might not die, but if, when Christ comes back, if we're, not, if we're here when Christ comes back, we'll be caught up with him, and then we'll, we'll be given our spiritual bodies then. But if we die, if, we, if I, we have loved ones that has passed away, if we have friends that has passed away in Christ, have faith that they will be given a spiritual body um, to be with God. Amen? And also spread the, spread the news of the resurrection. Spread, that, spread the news of both Christ's resurrection and of our resurrection. That spread this hope that we have. <clears throat> Amen? So that's pretty much it. Take questions and answers. <laughs>